the ability to work smarter and not harder, because in the military, working smarter is not always what happens. Almost ever. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm Tori Mathis, your host, and I'm here with the one and only Sean Mathis, founder of Mastery Time Automotive Museum. Hurrah. So if you didn't know, <laughs> Sean was in the Air Force. We don't hold that against him. You shouldn't. You should hold it above you. <laughs> uh, unlike me, who was in the Army, um, we'll let Sean... Sean Wright, it's all right. So both of us being in the military gives us a really unique um, outlook on running our business. And I'm so happy that I have that kind of foundational background that I can bring to business because I think it just helps so much with being able to push through a lot of the business things and the ability to work smarter and not harder, because in the military, working smarter is not always what happens. Almost ever. It, it's always seems like the most stupid way to do things. I don't know why. Like it, it, it seemed like everything that was asked of us to do was just a long-winded, not efficient way to do it. Which is that much crazier, too, because, like, when you're downrange or something, like, is this really how we're going to do things? I the, doubt it. The only thing that I could think of for it is that the military is so big and stretched out so far and that there's so many different people coming in at different times, at different levels, um, that you can't be nimble, there, there's no way to, and you always have to kind of go to the lowest denominator for things. You got to break things down Barney style. We always said, like you had to break things down like as low as possible so that anybody with any amount of experience could get it and understand, which is definitely not how you want to run your business. But I can understand that being some being so big, like you might you have to kind of do things slow. We have clients all the time that are corporate or have bi bigger businesses, and even to do like these small little things, like logo designs or you know starting some type of project, they have to like create a board to do it. Things take so incredibly long to do things, and so being bigger is not necessarily a good thing. Uh, you, you can even tell on clients of ours that come from corporate backgrounds, you know, that maybe they they just starting their their own business, but they worked so many years in corporate that they still can't let go of just the monotony of stupid shit that's not necessary when like you don't have to. Like everything needing to be a formal meeting. Right. You know, because... It, when you're in something big like that, like it's, it seems like that's the norm that everything has to be something very big, very long. Everything has to be very explained. And I know that when I started my business, I definitely didn't want it to be that way. And now that I've been in business, you know, 15 years or, um, it, it's just like, I, I think about that all the time. And whenever we start to think like, maybe we need to be bigger and maybe we need to hire, like going back to that, like, I like that we're small. 
I like that we're nimble. I like that, you know, we've been able to move all over the country. Like our overhead for our business has always been very low. Um, and I think that that's been a huge benefit to creating the life that we wanted. And who would have known that the army was the one that like really made that happen? Not me, because I wasn't in the army. I'm sorry that you weren't in the army. <laughs> So another thing that I learned in the Army, and I know that you did in the Air Force as well, um, and this is a positive thing, is that there should be a process for everything. And when you have a process, not only does it streamline things that you don't have to remember, like all the steps that need to be done, but then you can take whatever it is that you're doing and pass it off to someone else to do. Yeah, I was a crew chief on A-10s and C-130s. And so every, every job you could imagine that you could do with an aircraft they had put into a book like everything that want to know how to put air in the tires there's a couple pages for that uh, all the pre-flights and flight checks and like all that stuff it's all written down uh, and that's basically so that somebody straight out of basic training and and hot school that they could come in and they could go step by step through that book and accomplish that job. The guys that have been doing it, you know, for 10, 15 years, obviously they don't necessarily need that book to do the job, but it's still there so that, you know, in case they had a brain fart or whatever the case may be, it's that they don't miss a step. It's always going to be the same. And, and that, that aspect of it was uh, really important to make sure that obviously the aircraft and the pilot that's in it all stays safe and comes back. Um, but it also makes it so that that new airman can feel confident in doing their job because they're just following a guideline. It's not like they got to have the pressure on their shoulders to remember what they just learned in school. And now they're putting, you know, this, this pilot's life and, you know, a couple million dollars of aircraft, uh, uh, air force, you know, property on their shoulder like it would be too much for anybody um but to have these books like tech technically somebody off the streets that's never done it that knows how to read should be able to come in and and do a lot of the stuff that because it's just in the book it's so funny that yours is like um we don't want to put too much pressure on people for me it was like if you die somebody needs to be able to come up and take your job and not miss a step so that the mission drives on <laughs> yeah i mean where it's it's still like that to some degree because if you know something happens somebody else still needs to come in and do that uh, but it, it is also it's a very expensive equipment and somebody's life that's in there that if it's not like uh, the paperwork got filed wrong. Like you leave a tool or something somewhere that you shouldn't, that aircraft's coming down. Okay, so you said the person that's done it forever, they don't have to reference the book. So for, no, 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 they, they, okay, because that's to, like to a, do it, they don't necessarily need to because they know what to do. They still have to reference the book. Okay, like technically they they have to hold the book the whole time. Right. So we were talking about this, and this is one thing that the Army and the Air Force definitely is the same with, is that if that's how it says to do it in the book, like no matter who you are or how experienced you are, you do every single step. 
And John was saying, like, if it says hold the book in your hand, like, you have to hold the book in your hand while you're doing it. For ours, we had this, um, we had to go to motor pool every single Wednesday morning. And even though the things that we were down there for, we probably could have did in like 10 or 15 minutes, like how it was supposed to be, it was supposed to take an hour, hour and a half, like that's how long it took. And we had to fill out all of this paperwork. Well, we were in Germany, it was cold, and the, the, um, regulations require you to wear like these big black leather gloves like you cannot write very well in those so we would wear these small like little tight gloves underneath so that we would when we had to write we would take off the big giant leather glove and that we would write and we would actually have people come and yell at us put that glove back on like "Ah!" (laughs) try to write with the glove (laughs) because that is how it has to be done i don't have to put up with any of that stupid shit you also got to call your boss Steve. No. <laughs> no. Uh, didn't you call your boss Steve? No. Yes. People you worked with, you guys are all on a first name basis. Last name. Oh. Oh. So you called him Jones. Not Steve. Uh, it depends on what their rank was. Oh, okay. Chief was chief. First sergeant was still first sergeant. Well, no, I mean, like, everybody. Like, they were very serious. Oh, yeah, like, I'm not calling... I wasn't going to be called Sergeant Mathis. Like, I was just Mathis. Oh, see, no. There was no calling someone Mathis. Yeah, there was no egos. Like, we're all <laughs> we're all launching airplanes. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, so one thing with all of that, though, is that though processes are good, and I think that every business should have processes because, like I said, you can hand it over to somebody else. Um, you can free up some of your time by having these processes. Like... Just because that's the way things have been done doesn't mean that that's the way things should continue to be done. Like that was the one thing that drove me crazy in the army is that processes were never updated to be better or more efficient, which if you're trying to train and trying to get everybody on the same page, I could understand that that's hard. But as like a small business owner, like you constantly should probably be updating your processes and trying to find ways to save money and ways to do things better, not wear the big gloves when you're trying to write in forms. Yeah, I mean, we're constantly trying to figure out how we can be more efficient. Now, not necessarily cutting corners that shouldn't be cut, but at the same time, cutting corners that should be cut. Absolutely. And, and as the business, like you can do that. You don't have to ask permission from your boss. You're not going to get in trouble because you're breaking regulations. Like, figure out the most efficient way to get done what needs to be done and do it that way. Yeah, I think some of these... Keep tweaking it, too. Like, keep trying new things. I see it with technology a lot. And and, and a lot of people with social media, like, they don't want to branch out into it. And so many business owners are just missing out on so many opportunities. opportunities mostly like on social media to have free advertising for your business and to get in front of so many more people than you ever could get in front of. And this isn't just businesses, but like you've been involved in even some organizations that just aren't stepping up and doing some things that could get them in front of so many more people. And I don't know if it's just because they haven't before, so they aren't now, or it's good enough, or it's how we've always done. What do you think the reasons are behind that? It's got to be just, uh, you know, the the unknown. Like, people are so quick to walk away f- or, or turn their head towards something 
or away from something that, that it just makes them uncomfortable. Like it, it's easier to not do it than to try to figure something out. Yeah, I just wish that more people would would realize the opportunities that are in front of them. And if they would just push through that unknown or that fear just a little bit, like so many more opportunities lie. Well, then it's just like, on the other side. Do they know and are purposely avoiding it? Or maybe they have no idea it even exists. You know, and, but then it comes down to like, is it because they're not trying? Like if they put a little bit of effort into to trying to figure out what's out there, what can they do? And then discover that thing that they need to be doing. Um, I mean, even that's better than doing nothing. I think that, you know, I always talk about like business owners wear all these different hats, but you can't wear them all at one time. And I think that some people get stuck in that, the doer, the busy bee doer mode, and they never put on their CEO hat or, you know, that planning hat of like, let's look at the overall picture and see where we can improve things. And I think you have to actually schedule that kind of 30,000 foot view time because that's how you're going to improve things. If you're always constantly like do, do, doing, then you're probably missing out on things that are wasting so much more time. So though I could see people saying, well, Tori, I don't have time to be CEO and put on that hat and look at all these things. But by not doing that, you're probably missing out on so many opportunities and, and looking at the ways that things are leaking and things are wasting time and money. And I think you got to set out that amount of time for yourself weekly, at least monthly, so that you can see what's actually going on in your business and you can find those opportunities. And if you can't, if you don't see those yourself, bring somebody in that has a different view that can kind of look over maybe your marketing or maybe your processes or some of those different things that just that you're just not seeing. And so many times it's like those little things that somebody can point out that you're just like, shit, I didn't even notice that. Mm-hmm. You know, you stare at something so long when it's really close, it's blurry. If you're able to step back, you can actually start to see some details in there. I think you have to do that every once in a while in your business so that you can improve those processes and make things a little bit better. And there's so many different softwares available right now that like aside from your actual, and there's so many different softwares available right now that like aside from your actual core part of your business, whatever that is, damn near everything else there's something that's already been created that can help you accomplish what needs to be accomplished. I mean, there, there's even stuff that, that will audit everything you do and let you know what, what it is you need to do. I mean, if, if anything, you can start with something like that that's just like, I have no idea. Well, have somebody, there's something out there that, like, have somebody tell you and then go from there. Figure out what it is you need to do. Hit the table. I saw that. You were like, <laughs> on top of our motor pool Wednesdays, and Sean said he didn't have this in the Air Force, but in the Army, every single Thursday, we did sergeant's time training, which meant that we did not go to our regular office. We did not work out in the morning. We went and we trained, which was really awesome because I was in transportation units, but I was personnel. And so I would go to the training for my entire unit. And so I learned some of the coolest logistics things, uh, load plans, how to do like all these different things that I would have never known. And it gave me a better 
um, outlook on how the entire organization ran. I had kind of an idea of like when I'm sending these people downrange, like what they're doing and when they come back and like what they're talking about. And so it was a really great way that even though it always felt like like we had shit that needed to get done, like it always had to wait. We had to do this training. And I think that sets up a really good thing of learning your craft and honing in your craft and always um, learning more and working on personal development and things like that. I personally like it's a huge, huge thing for me. And though for you, yours might not be the exact same type of personal development, but that honing your craft and always learning more. I know that, that that's like part of what you are always doing as well. Well, and that, I mean, that comes from be passionate about what it is that you're doing. And that, that kind of stuff should come natural, I would think. Like, it should be natural that you want to know more and do better and be more efficient and you know, all these positive things that, that you could do uh, as opposed to just being stuck and, you know, overconfident, but not really. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be that confident because, you know, you're not even trying anymore. I get, so, so Henry Ford created the Model T, right? 15, what is it? 15 million, 50 million, 200 million. Damn, I don't remember. He made a shitload of Model Ts. And it was, the, the thing was, is he obviously wasn't the first and he wasn't the only one, but he made them so efficiently that he was able to make them the cheapest, really. And so it made it so that a lot of people bought them. The problem was was that all those other companies, some went under because they couldn't compete with Ford, but not all of them. And what happened was those other ones started making better cars, you know. And so as the automobile starts becoming more relevant in society, all these other manufacturers like Chevy and Cadillac and Packard, like they're they're making better products than what the model t was and henry ford would i mean he 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 would have died the the business if it wasn't for his son edsel that forced him to change and come out with the model a like if it wasn't for that there may be no ford today as we know it at all. Well, that's because he was so set in his process and his ways, right? He was yeah. like, this is working. We're not doing anything else. I'm not looking outside of this. Right. In, in his mind, it was always going to be the Model T. There was no need for you to ever buy another vehicle. I, it, seriously, he would, if he was alive today, he'd be like, <laughs> Model, Model T. T. Like, why would you need anything else? And that kind of thinking will kill a business. I mean, it, it's it's brutal how people can be so close-minded on that kind of stuff. Uh, look at what your competition's doing. L- look, look at all. Like, if he would have just been like, holy shit, that Chevy is a better car than the Model T. In the museum, we've got a 27 Ford and a 27 Chevy. You can go look at both of them. The Chevy is all original and not nice. It's not restored or anything like that. It, it's how it is. The Ford is restored and super nice but if you break like you look at how the cars are made that chevy is a better car i mean all around better car hands hands down like not even close to the same car and yet it's not as popular still but i mean it 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 would have it would have killed him eventually because not only was it better year to year but they kept getting better 
and better and better. I mean, even when by the time they came out with the Model A, they, I mean, they were still behind. But they they were then able to produce, you know, obviously the same way they produced the T's. Um, and so it, it made it, they, I mean, they got lucky in that sense, but it it wasn't the best product and they definitely didn't do it as efficiently as they should have as far as timing and all that other kind of stuff. Um, I, I mean, that's that's probably the, the most relevant example I can think of, of just not trying to improve yourself is, is Henry Ford is a prime example. Well, some of that is ego then. And then I can see a lot of business owners, like with the last one that we talked about, would be time. Like people would say, well, I don't have time to improve these things. or I don't have time to research my competition. or I don't have time. I don't have time. Well, if you don't take the time, like... To me, I'm curious. It's going to be taken from you. Like, you know, it's... Yeah. I, I want to know what those other business if they're direct competitor like you you should want to know what it is they're doing we tell people all the time go go sign up for their newsletter if they're offering one see what it's all about what can you use from that i mean that how can you distinguish yourself differently from that like there's all these different things that you can learn it's not being like um uh, you, you have to be like crazy about your competition where you're always like up all in their stuff, but you got to take time to look at the whole market and look at who else is out there because otherwise you might be left in the dust. You have to make time for those CEO type things, for those self-improvement type things, and you have to schedule those things into your time and make them non-negotiables in your business time so that you're not left behind because that's one of the great things about being a small business is that you can be nimble. You don't have to keep these processes. And if you do, like people are going to come up and they're going to take your business and take your uh, customers <laughs> because they're doing things better and making a better quality product if you're not careful. Yeah, and knowing, knowing other business owners that are also veterans, like we can see first, like they have that military, opposite military mentality, really. It's they 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 know the military cycle of you know, hurry up and wait. This is how it's done. This is how it's always been done. Uh, and and they go and they go the complete opposite on their own because they know the other way. They know the outcome. Like it's more of the same. Absolutely. One of the things though that I think is really great from everybody that was in the military is they always say that like we get more things done before you know most people wake up in the morning and I think that without taking that too far that like you need to get up at 4 a.m. and do like everything under the sun I think being able to schedule in and get those important things done and out of the way every single day that you need to is super important because once you schedule it and once you make it part of you know you make it a habit and you make it part of your um, just everyday routine and schedule then you know just like the learning it becomes a non-negotiable working out is a fantastic example of that I say the, the PT aspect of it like there's obviously stuff that has to always get done in the military that functions on a 24-7 basis and yet Everyone can work out. I mean, and, I mean, they do. And so whether it's, you know, you in your civilian business, you, know, you should be working out as well. You should make time for that. But in that same sense, you can, you can make that same time for, for other things that are also important. Um, and I mean, it really is just saying, okay, 
this is the time that I'm going to do it and then do it during that time. Mm -hmm. But if you don't do that, then it, I mean, it can easily time, time flies. You, you don't force yourself to do it and make it a habit. It doesn't get done. And I think a great thing is stacking on some of these good habits. Like you say, you know, maybe you don't have time to work out and you don't have time for self-improvement and you don't have time for this and time for that. Well, there's a lot of ways that you can do two of those things or three of those things or however many of those things at the same time. You know, if you're going to work out, listen to like an audio book or something. So that way, you know, or listen to podcasts like Smart AF because you learn all kinds of great things about marketing your business, and running your life. Um, so you can do all of those things. Like you can do things at the same time so that you are getting more done. Just like Sean has to drive to the museum at least once a week. What do you do on your drive? I listen to Smart AF. Well, you do, but you no, listen to I, audiobooks. Uh, audiobooks. Yeah. And Good. in your commuting, how many audiobooks do you think you have listened to? Just going back and forth to the museum? No, just in general, your commute. Hundreds? Uh, yeah, I could, yeah. And do you, Sean, have time to read a book? Would you sit down and read some of these books? Uh, no. no. I mean, I... Sean I, wouldn't. I, I, I've, through audiobooks, I've read some, there'd be some gnarly books. Sean has read hundreds and hundreds of books because no matter when he's in the car, commuting, you know, and he's commuted for years, now it just happens to be one day a week to the museum, Rather than listening to the radio or, you know, doing, you know, listening to something that doesn't really matter, getting that in. Yeah, that last week in the original location, the museum, when I had to go four days a week, uh, that was, that was like two books a week. Sean was busting through our Audible credits. Yeah. Yeah. I drove like 30,000 miles that year. It was brutal. But it was, uh, it was a lot of books. Yeah. So there's ways that you can make more time to get these things done. And you just you have to make them a priority. Like if the military can make running two miles every morning a priority, like you can figure out how to get 30 minutes of exercise in every day. Absolutely. Yep. Make it a priority. Uh, something that I learned, you know, I got out of the Army and I ended up working for the Army as a civilian for a couple of years. And I had a fantastic boss. And he was previous military. He was a warrant officer. And then he ended up um, being a high-ranking civilian in logistics. And one of the things that he told me when I first started working with him was that we were same team. And what he meant by that is that he had lots of different employees that worked for him and they all had different opinions on all kinds of things. Um, and they were all pretty high ranking civilians as well. Um, I was not, I just worked for him. And he said that no matter what everybody else says, like I worked for him, I was his, uh, you know, executive assistant, that him and I were the same team. Like he wasn't gonna talk shit about me, I wasn't gonna talk shit about him, and we were gonna always make sure that we were in it together and that we worked together as a team. And I just, you know, at the time I thought, okay, <laughs> like whatever. But since then, and especially now being parents, and I see this with other parents that they don't do this, and I think this happens in business as well with business partners or spouses that work together, is that they work against each other. Parents do it, I see it all the time, and it's, it's insane. Like you have to be same team. No matter what, Sean and I are same team. And it's not like it's us against the kids or us against the dogs or whatever it is, but we are same team, whether it's in parenting or in business. What do you think? 
Yeah, you really can't underestimate the importance of the same team thing. Like I, I, I don't. I know the story you've told me with with him, with your uh, warrant officer. What'd you say? He's a warrant officer. Yeah, uh, but it, I mean, it's you definitely you definitely live it when you're a parent, um, and then obviously being um, yeah, I call it your business all the time, but we're also still business partners. Um, and I get it wouldn't work if we just butted heads all the time or you know my opinion or your opinion they just they clap like it's it would be an issue well just like you and Truett you have to always go at things you know Truett works with Sean at the museum when Sean uh, moved to the new location Sean made Truett the executive director and so he is you know partners with Sean in that and you two together also have to always be same team. Like you're never like if something happens and one of you gets your feelings hurt or something happens in that way, like it's never like somebody tried to do something against you. You always have to go in there as same team. I think sometimes like we do get our feelings hurt and things. I can remember Riley one time saying, uh, why would you do that? Why would you be mean to me? Like, why I would never be mean to you. I'm your mom. Like I would never intentionally be like, how can I be mean to Riley today? Hmm. Like I love the crap out of you. I'm never going to be mean to you intentionally. So if you think that I was being mean to you, like we need to talk about it because that's not what happened. And just like, you know, being business partners, you and I, same team. I never think that Sean's trying to do something that shouldn't be done or I trust that Sean 100% is going to do a great job because he cares about the business just as much as I do and will, you know, always go into everything that way. And I think a lot of like jealousy is one of the things that is going to cause that issue. It, it, it's such a stupid thing. Like there, there's no need for that. Even if, if it's just a business partner and not a spouse, like in our case, but like be confident that you guys are on the same team and going for the same goal. It, it's where somebody's like, well, what if they have other intentions or like all this what if crap that is just negative that isn't helping whatsoever. And, and what it's doing is it's dividing everything. And before you know it, you're no longer on the same team and now you've got to divide. And a lot of times that's, hard to come back from yeah it might be impossible to come back from no i mean it's easier if you're just like okay we're we're the same team going down the same path and and if there's misunderstandings which will happen like don't go straight to the holy shit you tried to you know, stab, stab me in, in the back, back. Like, that's <laughs> probably not the case it's it the the true uh, at the museum, like we've had misunderstandings before. Like, it doesn't do any good for for either one of us to be like, "Ah, oh, that you know that asshole isn't you know we're we're, we're not partners." Like, no. Just like Riley, though, like you'd never be mean to somebody. No, you'd there, never be mean to Drew. Like, there's it's... something else. Like, let's let's talk about it. You know, there's and move forward again as the same team. And I think that that same team thing can be assumed. Like, of course we're same team. I think you need to talk about it. Like, he seriously, like, sat me down in the beginning. It was like, same team. And explained to me what that meant to him. And I think that if you are in business with somebody else, 
if you are a partner with your, you know, your spouse, like I think you need to have the same team conversation. I wouldn't think it's hurt, important. That's for sure. You know, I even, like I said, even like with Riley, our son, who's 12, um, I kind of had a same team conversation with him. Like, don't ever think that I'm going to be mean to you. I would never. Like, that is not the relationship we have. We're same team, you know. We're in it forever, <laughs> you know, ride or die. <laughs> it's not, I would never be mean to you. So if you did think I was being mean to you, there's a misunderstanding there. And then we need to communicate, use our words, <laughs> and talk about it because we will always be same team. Right? Right. Which is how the military is supposed to be, too. Right? <laughs> it is. I mean, you're, you're all same team. Yeah, you can't be like downrange somewhere and think that your own guys are, yeah. Nope. I, you know, I really enjoyed the camaraderie of the military. I enjoyed the ceremony. Like, I didn't play a lot of team sports. I played very little. I played volleyball in um, junior high, and that was it. So I didn't really come from that camaraderie place. Um, or the ceremony of team and doing all these, you know what I mean? Like doing those types of things. Um, so I really, really enjoyed it. Some things were long and drawn out, but things were done like meticulously and um, I don't know, with these details and this uh, legacy that went with them. And that like things meant, like the music meant something and the flags meant something and things were done for a reason. And I, I really enjoyed that. I think that I might've enjoyed it more than other people because of how short I am. I never had to stand in formation. They would stand in formation and everybody would stand the tall people in the front because they look the best. And then it would go all the way to the end and whoever was the shortest, like they didn't fit. I was always shortest and so I never had to stand in formation. Though I never got to be any type of color guard or anything to hold the flags. And a lot of the people in my unit got to go to um, like Normandy for the annual D-Day celebration and be part of all this huge ceremony and stuff. Like I never got to go. I had to work. That was short. <laughs> what about you for the Air Force? Like did you do, uh, what did you think of like ceremony and things like that? Um, camaraderie. The ceremonies are always cool just because they're, I mean, there's so much history and all that. Um and obviously when you're, I was young, so I, I mean, it, it was all like so foreign to me based off of my life experiences that, you know, it, it really starts to ingrain, you know, that camaraderie of, of everything. Like if anything, that, that military same team concept, it, it was in those ceremonies. Like it was, we're one and together, like it, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Especially through basic, you know, when you're learning to march and all that kind of stuff. And then you, you, you got to do that smooth line, no, no bobbing and all that kind of stuff. Like it, it, there's a lot to it there. Um, you don't have a job or anything in basic training. So that there's, just, there's nothing there other than learning how to just be one with each other, which I mean, it, it, it they're, those are important life lessons just in general that, I mean, easily apply to you know, being able to run and operate a business, but it, I, in in general, I think it helps make you a better person. I didn't have like love of country before I was in the military. I wasn't like, you know, all super patriotic or anything. And I, it definitely made me love my country. I love my country. I love 
my countrymen, my brothers and sisters, like we are one. And like, I don't know, it gave me some stuff with that, that that I definitely did not come in with. And I think that that helps to build that rapport with family and with um, with a business team and with things like like you can bring that same those same feelings and that same pride for what you have um, in everything that you do. I know some of these kids these days, they don't have it. So I don't think they were in the military, but I do see it in everybody that was in the military. They just, there's, there's this thing that, that, that you come out with. It, it, it changes you hands down. Yeah. I think two examples of that, which I think are kind of funny. Uh, well, one is funny. One of them is when I was graduating from, I think it was basic. It was basic. Um, my dad came with me or came to see me when I graduated basic in South Carolina. So he came from California and we were, it was after I got to stay off base for a couple days since he was there and we got to hang out and do a whole bunch of stuff. And we were at his hotel and we were getting in the, um, elevator and this two-star general walks in and I'm in civilian clothes and this two-star general walks in. I'm like, like, I mm-hmm. didn't know what to do because I knew I was like, oh my God, like, you know, I'm a private. It's like, blah, blah, blah. And we get out. My dad like looks at me. I'm like, oh my God. And I told him and he's like, that's so funny. He was just another old guy to me in the, in the, in the uh, elevator. It just uh-huh. gives you like a whole different perspective on things. I think that's funny. Uh, the other thing that I was thinking that made it very different is that after I was in the military, I went to Washington, D.C., and I saw the changing of the guard. And I could see that before I was in the military, like I wouldn't have got it. Like I wouldn't have just understood why that was important. And seeing that afterwards, like amazing. And again, it's part of that ceremony and uh, camaraderie, doing what's right. So I'm really happy that I had the military to bring into my um, my entrepreneurial world. Glad you did too. And his parents. Makes us even better. Same team. Same team. <laughs> so if you like this episode, we would appreciate it if you would leave us a review. And we will see you on the next one. Uh-huh. If you want to get smart tools to build your business, go to besmartal.com.